I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome into the Crimson Corner Podcast. It's powered by KSLSports.com. Utes insider Trevor Allen here with you. Obviously some big news surrounding Utah football as they announced that defensive coordinator Morgan Scally has been reinstated to the program. So I'm going to play back some audio for you from that day when they announced he was going to come back. First, we start with the teleconference with Utah Athletics Director Mark Harlan, head football coach Kyle Whittingham, and Morgan Scally talking to the media on Wednesday. I just want to say a special uh, thank you to all of the participants in this inquiry. Uh, We had over 35 current players and former players participate along with staff, current staff and former staff. Uh, Their words, their participation meant a great deal to this department, and we're forever grateful uh, for them being a a part of this. So uh, I want to make sure I really acknowledge them first and foremost, and particularly our current men of our football team uh, who have been unbelievable during this process, patient and extremely helpful to both myself and I'm sure to Coach Whittingham uh, as we've navigated this. So I'll go ahead and turn it over to Coach Whittingham. Yeah, just to echo what uh, what Mark said, uh, a big thank you to, to Mark himself, the university leadership, our team, for uh, helping navigate through the, through the inquiry. Uh, it did take longer than expected, but uh, obviously much more important that we get it done the right way than, than worrying about a timeline. Uh, I thought the process was very thorough in its scope, was educational in a lot of ways, uh, and really, uh, you know, the bottom line is I'm elated that Coach Scali is back with us. Uh, and now it's time to move forward as a program, continue our preparation for the season, and uh, get ready to go. So I'll turn it over to Morgan. I, I too, want to start out by thanking uh, – Athletic Director Mark Harlan, Coach Witt, appreciate and love you and uh, grateful for the university leadership for allowing me the opportunity to address you uh, all today. My message is simple but is sincere, uh, and that is that I am extremely sorry. First and foremost, let me be clear, I am against racism of any kind and am determined to take an active role at the university and in my community in being part of the solution and change. I want to apologize to the young men I have coached and am coaching currently. I had the opportunity to address the full team yesterday morning and I expressed to them the complete embarrassment I feel for having hurt them and my fellow colleagues in any way. I've reached out to many of my former teammates, players, uh, to offer my apologies, but uh, have not had the opportunity of connecting with all of them. So, gentlemen, if you're listening, I apologize. Excuse me.
apologize. I'm particularly mindful of the young men of color whom I have had the blessing of coaching. I understand that my insensitivity and extreme lack of judgment have caused some, if not all of you, to lose trust and faith in me. I sincerely hope that you will give me the opportunity to gain that trust back. I also wish to apologize to the university students and faculty, to the athletic department, and to those who have worked so hard to create the kind of safe, diverse culture that makes our athletic department family so special. Finally, I want to apologize to the University of Utah fan base, to my family and friends, and to anyone who's been hurt or offended by my insensitive actions. I'm grateful for the former and current players, coaches, University of Utah employees, and everyone who took part in this investigation. I acknowledge and respect the courage of our players, both past and present, who spoke honestly about their experiences. I also want to thank those who've reached out in support the last few weeks. It's meant the world to me. This has been a very fair and professional process, and I am in complete support of the steps the university took to complete this investigation. Again, I want to apologize. I've taught my players never to make excuses or point the finger when owning their actions, and I'm adhering to that same advice. I own up to my past conduct and accept fully the consequences of that conduct. I'm committed to learning from this and becoming a better person, father, husband, mentor, and coach. Thank you. Morgan, what have you been able to do in terms of looking within yourself and correcting some things that you feel need to be corrected after this investigation takes place? Most notably, you know, some, some former players have said that, you know, you, you've gone to some lengths to uh, make them feel uncomfortable at times, but, you know, that, you know, they said that you didn't think they meant you did it on purpose, but I'm just wondering how do you plan to fix um, some of this stuff going forward? Well, uh, I appreciate the question. You know, I, there's been a lot of education throughout this process. I've spent a lot of time learning and growing and listening, and, and, and that's going to be the key for me from here on out. Uh, this has been a – this investigation has been on my entire career, and there have been times in the past where I, uh, you know, have received feedback from players about – that type of insensitivity, and I have learned and grown from that and will continue to learn and grow from that, and I appreciate uh, their feedback. Uh, I've always respected and, and honored the feedback, and, and I appreciate it, and again, I apologize. Um, when it got to the point that um, the investigation was complete and you guys had to make a decision one way or the other, um, how, how much did you try to involve you know, the various type of leaders on campus, including the president or the board of trustees, whatever that may be, who, who, who ultimately came to this decision? Well, I think all along in the process, uh, it, it was a collaborative uh, work. It starts with Coach Witt and I. You know, at the end of the day, it's his football program, and, and for so many years here, he's led it in such a professional way, uh, particularly off the field and every metrics one could, <clears throat> could look for. So it, it was he and I being tethered throughout, also saying that as the investigation – uh, went on its way, we stayed back from it because we would eventually be presented with the results. Um, if you're asking about the decision uh, of that, that, is, that came down to Coach Whittingham and ourselves. I oversee football, he's got football, and it's up to the two of us uh, to make that determination. Hey, Morgan, I just wanted to ask you, um, you're a passionate, emotional guy in that. Has this been the longest three weeks of your life? Well, really, how I feel doesn't matter much compared to the hurt I've caused others. And I appreciate the question, Dirk. I do. But uh, my focus has been on repairing 
you know, damages that I've made to relationships of whether it be teammates, former players, current players, anyone in the community, that's that's been my focus. And Kyle, just the same question for you. This is obviously you've known Morgan for a long time. How tough have these this last three weeks been for you? I'm sure it's been very tough. I mean, uh, as you mentioned, he's a passionate, conscientious uh, person, and uh, you know he's got a, a a burning desire to be a you know to be the best coach that he can possibly be, and and uh, you know there's definitely a time for him to reflect and learn and. And, uh, you know, it, it was it was not easy. Now, you know, there was not a lot of communication, obviously. You know, you had to keep it arm's length and and uh, make sure the process played itself out. But, but uh, yeah, to say it was a difficult three weeks, I'm, I'm saying that's very accurate. Hey, Mark, um, you had talked about in the, the letter that was sent that, uh, that Morgan was, was the coach in waiting for when Kyle Whittingham leaves. What what steps need to be taken now for that ever to be a reality, or is that is that kind of a, a situation that's, that's passed now? I think that um, you know, obviously the future is is what it will be. I I, I know that um, obviously I had great belief and continue to be, to have great belief in Coach Scali so much so that obviously we were public today about our understanding in the program. So I think that tells you enough of what I think about him as leadership. Um, the way he he can, the way he has in his career, uh, done so many things. You know, obviously going forward, uh, as he stated in his opening comments, there is a lot of work to be done by him, and I have high expectations um, that he will uh, do that and, and do more, and probably do stuff that we're not even seeing. So that's my expectations of him, and I, I imagine, not to speak for Coach Wood, he feels the same way. Um, I'm not going to speculate on, on the future, uh, any, anything beyond that, except that um, I believe the future and the things that uh, Coach Galley can do, of which we've talked a lot about in the last couple of days, can all be accomplished. My question is for Mark. Mark, correct me if I'm wrong on the detail, but the, the text was intended for someone else, and I believe it was someone else on the staff. And I'm, I'm wondering, my point of my question is, the word that was in question obviously is offensive, but was there any investigation as far as other folks on the staff becoming comfortable with that word and using that word also? No, I, I would say there was no finding of anyone being comfortable with that word, um, and and nor would would that be tolerated. Um, and you know, I, I think that that obviously, um, you know. It's so critical that we not only learn from all of this, but learn from everything that's going on in our society, that that, that word and, and any other kind of mistreatment is just not acceptable at the, at, at the University of Utah, and when we find it, we're, we're going, to, going to address it. PK, to your comment about another member of the staff, you know, I'm not going to get into other other folks that were involved in this, um, but I will, will say that, you know, anything that we found in there will be addressed appropriately. Uh, this is for Kyle Whittingham. Uh, Kyle, you know, you've had kind of a, a great culture over the years with a family atmosphere and a diverse group of players. I was just wondering if, it, in light of what's happened, if what you can do maybe, what, if you anticipate any changes going forward to improve the culture of your program. Well, we're always looking to improve, and I agree with you, though. I believe we have a very good culture, and uh, but there's always room for improvement. And uh, we've had several good team meetings uh, throughout this through the, you know, these last three weeks, and, and uh, always looking for ways to get better. Our leadership committee is is outstanding. Our leadership guys are are uh, very tuned in and, and a smart group of guys. And and so uh, yeah, we're good, but you know, good is the enemy of great. So we're, we're constantly striving to, to become better, and and that will never stop. That's uh, you know, that's a, a moving target that we'll that we'll never uh, be satisfied with. Kyle, can you give us a, a timeline of, of when you were first notified that this text message uh, existed? Was it was it the week that the suspension was levied upon Morgan, or was it earlier? No, it was it was the week uh, that it first came out. I think it came out uh, on a Monday. I can't, I can't remember. It was a couple of days later that it, that it came to my attention okay. that it was out there. Yeah, Mark. Um, could you maybe explain some of the thought process behind um, backing the salary up to 525000 which Morgan was making um, a couple of years ago? 
This is a really serious matter. Morgan said it. Coaches said it. I've said it. This is a very significant matter. We are in charge of young people. Um, we're in charge of, of their development, and our behavior as leaders uh, always counts. And, you know, obviously the consequences that are here are, you know, significant and, and because the matter is, is significant. I think the, the follow-up to that is why is he here? And he's here because the, the young men, um, you know, professed their, in some cases, love for him and, you know, that was a critical part of, of my thinking and, and, and coach as well, because a man is not judged solely by uh, moments in time. A man is judged by the body of his entire work and does, again, not take away anything of the seriousness um, that we're talking about here. And believe me, I mean, I flat out angry when it, when it happened, um, not pleased with everything in the report at all, um, but also... Uh, you know, lifted by uh, the qualities that were, were shown by uh, so many of our young men about what they like about uh, about Morgan. So I, I think the the consequences here uh, are more than appropriate, um, and uh, you know that's 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 that came to my decision uh, in that regard as as Coach Whit and I talked through it. Um, Morgan, I wanted to ask you what your reaction is on the flip side when you heard the consequences. Yeah, I mean, like I said in, in my statement, I own up to my past conduct and, and accept fully the consequences. This is not uh, one of those deals where I'm, I'm grateful for Mark and for Coach Witt in uh, allowing me this opportunity to show them that I can be better and uh, just the opportunity to be, to be back on the team and coach these young men um, is is enough for me, and I appreciate that. And just as a quick follow-up, if I may, um, you talked about meeting with the players. What was the overwhelming response by them? Did you meet with them one by one? I know you said you met with them as a group yesterday morning, I believe, but what was the feedback, and, and just how? what's your comfort level right now facing them? It was, it was a group Zoom meeting, and uh, I was able just to express again um, – my apologies for the hurt that I've caused, and uh, obviously in, in a Zoom setting, you're not able to to get the reactions of everyone, uh, nor did nor did I anticipate that. Um, and again, whether they're uh, grateful that I'm back or, or whether they're hurt that I'm back, it's my job to repair any damage that I've done, and uh, and I look forward to that opportunity. Oh uh, yeah, hey, this is for Morgan. Uh, was there any thoughts when this happened of you? moving on, or was this something you always wanted to cooperate with and, and I guess, fight to get back with the team, at, no matter what the cost? No, I, you know, Mark, when Mark called me and asked me about it, I was, I was very upfront with him about what had happened. Uh, I don't ever try and hide from the truth. I love what I do. I'm very passionate about what I do, and it would have killed me to have had to walk away. And I never want to walk away. This is the place I love. These the, the players, excuse me. The players I love. And again, I'm grateful for this opportunity to be back. Yeah, this question is for uh, Kyle or Morgan, one of the two. Um, obviously, with this situation, I'm sure there's going to be some negative recruiting out there from other people. How do you, how do you guys um, use this as an opportunity to, to learn and, and kind of let recruits know, like, even coaches have to learn these things, but, but how do you kind of stop maybe some of the, the, the things that are going to be said about this program, especially as, as Morgan is, is walking the sidelines? You know, recruiting in and of itself is a big challenge. It's competitive. Uh, you're constantly, uh, you know, trying to dispel myths and things that are that are out there and and uh, so forth and sell your program. Uh, Morgan has proven to be an outstanding recruiter through the years. And in fact, uh, 51 of the 57 players that he signed to our program are are uh, minority players. And so, uh, you know, he's going to have to uh, work extra hard to get some of that trust back. But I have no doubt that that will happen in time, but uh, recruiting is, is, like I said, always a challenge and always something that, that is, uh, you know, it, it takes a lot of effort, and, uh, you know, you got to do it every day. It's, it's something that is the lifeblood of our program. We all know that, and, uh, you know, I believe that Morgan will continue to be an outstanding recruiter 
and uh, you know that's it's just the short of that. Kyle, is it is it good that at least there is some finality, some resolution um, in the in the couple of weeks here before summer access starts with coaches before training camp, and maybe this won't be hanging over the program come come the season. Yes, I believe so, and, and uh, it's not an ideal time to go out and look for a defensive coordinator, but you know, if that would have been the case, we would have handled that, but, but uh, the timing of it, although you know, there's never a good time for something like this, I think uh, to have it be able to uh, wrap up and be, be able to be concluded at this point, uh, you know, we can continue on with our preparation and, and uh, you know, just continue, continue down that road. And there you go. That was the teleconference with the media along with Utah Athletics Director Mark Harlan, Utah Head Football Coach Kyle Whittingham, and Defensive Coordinator Morgan Scally. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Tom Hackett and I host the KSL Sports Front page, talking all about the news with Morgan Scally. You're listening to the Crimson Corner Podcast. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. into the Crimson Corner Podcast, powered by KSLSports.com. Trevor Allen here with you. As we continue to talk about the news that broke on Wednesday, and that is Morgan Scally has been reinstated as the defensive coordinator of Utah football. Later on in the afternoon on Wednesday, Tom Hackett and I hosted the KSL Sports front page, which you could see every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday over at the KSL Sports Facebook page, and we talked all about the news surrounding Morgan Scally being reinstated. Hello there and welcome into the KSL Sports Front page brought to you by University Federal Credit Union. Today is a little bit of a, a fortunate day to have big news and to have the two Utah insiders for KSLSports.com. I am Trevor Allen, joined alongside It's Utah's World podcast host Tom Hackett and also former punter and two-time Ray Guy Award winner Tommy. Today's been a busy day, hasn't it? Trev, we were uh, we were expecting this news to break um, over the over the last couple of days, really, and and for it to finally come to fruition and uh, and to make its way to the public, I think is um, it's 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 kind of relieving f- for me. I don't know how you feel about it, but we were we were, we kind of in the know a little bit. We were hearing what was going to happen a while ago. We finally uh, got the email. Uh, midday today and uh, of course now everybody can talk about it including us uh, and so that's what this next 20 odd 30 minutes is is going to entail I'm excited for it there's a lot to uh, dive into Trev um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see the reaction from the fan base the, the national media uh, and of course kslsports.com is, is basically a one-stop shop to uh, to get educated on all that and uh, something that fans who are tuning in can do, they uh, can submit questions for you and I on this by just uh, commenting, and we'll we'll get those, and we'll get to those questions. And if you guys have comments on it, obviously keep it clean. But, Tom, we'll just start with this. You and I have been talking to our sources throughout, kind of trying to get a grasp on this, and it was one of those things where we didn't know exactly what was going to happen, whether they were going to bring back Morgan, whether – you know, if he was going to stay as the uh, coordinator on defense or what was really going on. But now that we know what's going on, what was your initial reaction when you heard the news that he was officially coming back to Utah football? Um, I, w- I wasn't surprised, Trev. Um, and, and I mean that in the sense that I, 
you know, I, I never heard Coach Scanley use any racist language when I was uh, a member of the Utah football team. And so I never uh, thought of Morgan Scanley to be racist. Now, with that being said, I, I must admit I'm a white male who doesn't have to deal with uh, some of the insensitivity uh, from uh, certain individuals uh, towards those of uh, minorities and, and people of color. Um, I, that's why I kind of never really had an, a strong opinion. I, I was I was quite delicate um, when I was trying to, I guess, get a, get my point across, and that was. I honestly don't know how this investigation is going to turn out. Uh, but to see that he's he's returned, uh, reinstated as defensive coordinator, we'll get into the logistics and the exact details as to what all that entails, um, certain ramifications. I, look, I think the university did what they needed to do. I, they, they didn't hold an uh, internal investigation. It was an outside investigation. Outside firm conducted it. Um, so, so hopefully there were no bias um, and and they interviewed 35 current former players, a bunch of colleagues. Uh, you know, what I've been told is they, and this wasn't in the report, but they went back to, you know, his high school days, uh, Highland Ram days here in Salt Lake City. Um, and look, it, it comes across thorough um, from the from the information we've been we've been given. So, um, you know, happy for for Scally to be given this second lifeline, if you will. Uh, Mark Harlan had an interesting quote, Trev, before I kind of let you uh, talk about the situation. He said midway through the teleconference at 1.30 today, he said, you know, a man is not judged by one mistake. A man is judged by his entire body of work. And and look, I, I, I do agree um, that everybody makes mistakes, some mistakes more significant than others. And this is certainly a mistake uh, of significance, but uh, I, I do trust and think that the university, Mark Carlin, Coach Whittingham, the powers that be, I'm sure Ruth Watkins had a part to play in all of this as well. I, I think they did the right thing, Trev. People have asked me my own thoughts on Morgan, and I'm just going to tell you of what I've told everyone else in my conversations is that I've been covering the Utes for about the last 10 years, since about 2010. I've dealt with Morgan a lot. Heck, I had him on for a uh, one of those streams. I had the team that won the uh, Fiesta Bowl back in 2004 and Morgan was on that panel and Morgan's always been good to me but again just like you I'm a white male but I also didn't play football the way that coaches look at media and the way that media looks at coaches are completely different than what players do because we don't see everything the media doesn't on what goes on during practice and what goes on during games but everything that I've heard is that Morgan Scally this isn't really who he is so there's that. But there are some things that in order for Morgan Scally to come back, he has to do a, a you know couple of things. And a couple of things have happened as far as, you know, his payment and also, you know, some other consequences, I guess, if you will. And one of the things and this isn't really much of a, a consequence. It's something to help him learn and grow from this. And that, that is Coach Scally's going to have to engage with leadership of the university's equity, diversity and inclusion team, including Vice President Marianne Villarreal. He will be in regular and ongoing diversity and inclusion education and will be expected to be a key partner in addressing issues of racism and bias in the Utah Athletics Department, the university, and the broader community. And Morgan said that on the teleconference call that you and I were both on earlier today. And then another thing, Tom, and I'll ask for your thoughts on these two things coming up. Towards the end of last year, there was news that Morgan Scally received a new contract that would be added on to what he had now. And it was, it was a multi-year deal, and he was going to be paid about $1.1 million per year. Instead, now, his new contract will go back to what he made in 2018, and it's now a one-year deal. It's not a multi-year deal now. It's a one-year deal worth $525,000, so basically cutting his pay in half, if you will. And then also at the end of last year, uh, part of that contract, and Tom, you and I have both found out about this too through people that, that we have talked to, is that uh, Mark Harlan um offered verbally that uh, coach Scally would be the uh, head coach in waiting for when Kyle Whittingham decides to retire that offer has now been taken away and as of right now he is not the head coach in waiting so were you shocked by those two pieces of news that came out along with Scally coming back I, I, I don't know if I was shocked Trev um I think again it's the right it's the right thing to do you, you can't pay somebody who's 
who's admitted to using a racial slur, you know, albeit in 2013, you can't give him a raise uh, to, to the extent of $1.1 million. So they, they, were, they were essentially forced to, to go back and assess kind of financially where they thought Morgan was at, 525k a year, which, which so happened to be how much he was making in 2018, so two years ago now, um, was where they ended up. Uh, and then, of course, the, the head coach in waiting, I, I didn't know exactly that a verbal offer had been made. I, I, I do know this. I was speaking to Mark Harlan on the sideline prior to the Alamo Bowl, and I just bluntly asked him, you know, what, what's the deal with, with Scally? Is, and he says, look, his phone's ringing, um, and, and he didn't go into detail. I imagine I, – I, and, and what I took from that was he was getting head coaching opportunities elsewhere. And his love, desire, passion for the University of Utah is extreme. Uh, and Utah felt as though there was no other way to best keep him around as to offer a head coach in waiting, which makes sense again. Like, it, it, you know, it's all, it all makes sense to me. So, so I'm not shocked, Trev. Uh, I think uh, Mark Harlan, to be frank, I think is a wizard. Uh, I think he's a genius. I think everything he does turns to gold for the most part. Uh, the way he interacts with the boosters of the university, the coaching staff, the relationships he's able to uh, to, to build. Uh, I respect Mark Harlan more than, you know, I've, uh, I respect a lot of people. I mean, he is, he's, he's a class act. So I think the way he's handled this has been really, really impressive. I think the university ought to be grateful and thankful that, that, that Mr. Harlan is around and, uh, and acting as, the uh, the current athletic director were, were you were you shocked Trev what were your thoughts you know I was shocked a little bit just well I guess I wouldn't say shocked because I had heard rumblings that there was a possibility of him having that taken away as far as being the uh, head coach in waiting there were talks about that and I wasn't really sure if that was going to be something they acted upon and in, in, you know the coming days things changed but just to have that come out but also it was asked during during that teleconference someone asked Harlan if that was going to be set in stone that there's now zero chance of Morgan Scally being the head coach in waiting or is there a way for him to earn it back and he didn't really say either he just said that right now he's going to comment on that and that was where he uh, talked about it being a very serious matter which we all knew it was but also what you said where, you know, a man is judged off of his entire body of work and not off of one mistake. And so that's why is, is why I was, I'm not ruling it out that he isn't going to be the next head coach at Utah, but it's going to take a lot of work for him to get that back. Sure. I think, I think he's still the favorite. If, if, you know, if I would, if I, if I were to guess right now, but here's the, here's the deal. And, and I, and Utah, the Utah fan base knows this, um, he has to prove that he can recruit uh, because the name of the game in college football, and we've talked about it, we'll continue to talk about it. Anytime we talk about college football, the name of the game is recruiting. Okay. The, the easy job is coaching the players once they're there, uh, developing, uh, coaching, maturing, teaching life lessons. Like that is the easy part, but getting these kids on campus and committing to you is the hard part because of how many how much interest a lot of these kids has, especially the ones that Utah is now going after. So, you know, if, if he can't recruit Trev, then boy, he's going to have a hard time. And, and I don't think he's going to be the head coach in waiting. Now, if he can find a way to get back to his winning ways on the recruiting trail, then, then I think he's the favorite. And, uh, and for good reason, you know, he's a proven commodity. He made a mistake. You know, hopefully people recruits families out there uh, for, forgive him. Uh, accept his apology, you know, r- regain trust and um, and can come to Utah because of Morgan Scally. And if that's the case, he's the head coach in waiting under Carl Whittingham. If that isn't the case, they have no other choice. They must move on. And uh, there'll be stories, Trev, of, on KSL Sports as to who certain candidates might be now that that tag is officially removed from the contract of Morgan Scally. Now, something that uh, Kyle Whittingham mentioned in that teleconference was that out of the 57 players that Morgan signed to the program, 51 of them are minority players. And so to me, that is helpful. But also keep in mind, Tom, it's kind of a new day and age of what's going on, especially in 2020 with all that has been going on with this subject. And to have this come out could really change the mind of players and I feel like that there's a lot, probably none of us will ever really know how much work Morgan's going to have to put into gaining all that trust back. 
but I feel like it's going to be a pretty heavy load. It, it'll be, yeah, no, it's going to be, and it's going to take a, a lot of work and a lot of effort, which I'm sure he's fine with. Um, regarding the 51 players uh, of minority, Trevor, it's worth noting, and I don't know if people know this, but Morgan Scali, um, the way Utah football coaches recruit is uh, from a geographical standpoint, um, and, and Morgan's main focus is the state of Texas, you know, one of the, one of the more premier breeding grounds for, for college football prospects. And, uh, and, and in the state of Texas, there's a large group, a large diverse group of, um, of prospects, uh, uh, you know, large portion of that, though, being African-American descent. Uh, and, and Utah's even had success with some Polynesian players out of the state of, of coming to Utah. So he is, uh, you know, his job as kind of lead recruiter in Texas is monumental for the, sex, for the success of this program. And uh, he's going to have to, you know, don't get me wrong. There are, there are going to be families out there that when he comes to recruit their sons, they're going to have questions. And, they're gonna, and he's going to have to have that conversation. And it's an unpleasant, uncomfortable conversation to have. Uh, but he has no choice. If You know, he loves this game. He loves this program more than most. Uh, and he's going to have those conversations. He's going to do everything in his power to, uh, to, to, to best gain trust of prospects. And it's not going to be easy. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, if anybody can do it, you know, I, I, I put my trust and faith in, in Morgan Scally. He is a tireless, tireless worker. Yeah, and that's something that we've all known is that it's basically him and, you know, Sharif Shah are kind of the uh, top recruiters on that coaching staff. And then right there, I mean, they all do a great job. But there's some who sign more than others. But that's because, just like you said, the areas that they're in and when you're covering the whole state and that's probably i would say is the second biggest hotbed of talent in texas i mean the only other the only other spot that probably has more talent is california and primarily southern california you're gonna get a lot of a lot of those talented players out of there especially when you're covering the whole state but morgan now has that challenge ahead of him and just like you said i think that he'll be able to get past it but he's gonna come across a lot now of what's going on because you know News like this nowadays, Tom, gets out all the time just because of having Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all that stuff to where they're able to find out news very quickly. Now, something you wrote that I want to get your thoughts on. Again, you and I were both on that teleconference that Mark Harlan was on along with Kyle Whittingham and Morgan Scally, and they all each had uh, opening statements. Something that that, uh, really stood out to you and me was the emotion that Morgan showed in his apology to the media and, and to the fan base. Yeah, it was, you know, it was very powerful, I thought, Trev. Um, you know, and, and you guys that, that are watching this or that, that end up watching this at a later time, you know, go to the story and, and click play for yourself. Uh, Trev, you helped me out with the story. You uploaded the audio. Um, so just click play and listen to yourself personally for me. Uh, listening to it was emotional. It uh, felt sincere. Um, there were moments throughout where, you know, he had to pause and try and regain some composure to continue talking. Um, and, and you know what was was interesting was was often times. Uh, sorry, often when when he became really emotional was when he was talking about the playing group and. Uh, I think, you know, the insensitivity, the hurt, the pain, the agony that he knows he has caused so many of his players, both current and former, has just destroyed him. Um, And it's actually quite a difficult thing to listen to, uh, but at the same time, very, very powerful. What do you make of it, of the opening statement, Trev? You know, just like you, it, it felt really powerful. And even throughout the whole teleconference, he would pause whenever he talked about the love he has for his players that he coached in the past and that he currently coaches now. The one thing that I, I will say, Tom, is that this whole thing came out when he accidentally sent a, a text message that had a racial slur in it to to a guy that, in Texas who he was trying to recruit to Utah. And he said it on accident, but that text was, was supposed to go to another coach. And to me, had it just gone to the coach, we would never be in this situation. But I think of what this does, 
is that it teaches him that no matter who you're talking to, you've got to handle yourself with the utmost um, standards and you've got to not use words like that before. And you could really tell Morgan in his comments on that teleconference that he meant his apology and meant what he said and that it was very powerful, just like you said. And so, you know, I felt like that he's going to learn a lot from this and he's going to be a better man. I, I think, you know, even if you're not a Utah fan, you're a BYU fan, or somehow you tremble across this video, you're listening to us talk about the situation at hand, you know, and, and you're, just, you're just a regular guy. You know, just click play on the audio. Um, go to kslsports.com, find that, that article. Uh, Morgan Scali gets emotional during apology to players, colleagues. You know, click on it and click play because, you know, it's, it's worth a listen. It, you know, it's, it's, it's really powerful and, and strong. Um, and I thought he did a great job trying his best, you know, uh, uh, to, to maintain exposure, but, um, do yourself, do yourself a favor and, and go click play and click play and, and put it on loudspeaker and, and let the family listen in. Um, because it's, it's, it's interesting. It's powerful. And, um, it's certainly worth your while specifically with all of the, uh, the status the world is is in at the minute regarding regarding uh, certain initiatives and, and and messages. I would highly recommend going and, and listening to that. It's right there, right right at your leisure. You can listen to it. And it's it's about three and a half minutes long. Now, a couple of things, Tom. Let's dive into. So part of the um, so we ended up getting an email from Utah Football, and it had the advisory for the uh, teleconference at one thirty, but it also had two attachments. One was the uh, records of the independent. They had a, a firm on the outside look into this matter and they, they uh, sent in um, of what they found on it. And there's things in here that it's just about what some players in their interviews said that, you know, Scally did. And then they asked Scally, did you do that? And then he would confirm or deny. And there's some things in here that uh, it, it kind of just tells you everything that went on except for, Obviously, the main stuff, which is what was said in that text message and things like that. But really, it's more just about, you know, the players. And, and just like, you know, Mark Harlan said that the players really showed their love for Morgan Scott. And that was one of the reasons why he and Kyle Whittingham decided to bring him back um, after this was all done. Yeah, he um, in the investigation, uh, the, the, they, they basically summarized the findings. And uh, one of the top bullet points within the summary was how a number of the players were quoted saying that they were shocked. Mm -hmm. uh, they first heard the news surrounding the um, immediate suspension of, of Morgan Scally due to this racial slur. Um, and, and, and I guess, you know, that goes to show that most players out there um, didn't think Scally was, was a racist. Um, I will say this about Scally, and it's worth noting, and, and that's he pushes his players, he demands more from his players than most coaches do. Um, he's tireless, he's a perfectionist, and uh, and he demands he, he demands excellence from from a playing group, which is you know asking a lot for eighteen year olds uh, at times with with everything that kind of can go on in that time of your life. Um, some players obviously dealing with, with family uh, issues. Uh, others are struggling with school, you know, uh, you know, all from different parts of the world, different parts of America. He, he does push his players really, really hard. And, and, and occasionally I'm sure that there are some players out there that um, take his demands uh, and requests personally. Um, and I don't know, maybe he's going to change. Maybe he's going to have to change. He's going to be forced to change the way he coaches and he's going to have to come across more sincere. He's going to have to come across, uh, and approach certain situations differently than he once did. I, I don't know. Uh, but that's going to be something worth keeping an eye on, uh, worth speaking to people within that program as to, as to the reaction of, of Morgan Scally's coaching strategy, because what he was doing previously, uh, Trev was working, you know, despite obviously the use of a racial slur that didn't work and will never work. Uh, but from a coaching standpoint, he, 
was he was he was hard. He was firm on his players. He demanded a lot, and and that worked. You know that the play, that Utah defense is different than most. Uh, they are fear, fierce and ferocious, and uh, a lot of that is is thanks to Morgan Scally and and Carl Whittingham and uh, and what they're able to do. But I think he's going to be forced to change the way he approaches certain situations. That's for sure. Well, and I know that there's a lot of players now, and even in the past with that program, anyone who's ever been around Morgan, you'd want to run through a wall for him because he's that kind of guy. But again, it all goes back to, you know, making the one mistake. And that was one of the things that kind of led to this and having uh, someone on the outside looking into this matter. And that is to see if this was a one-time thing or if it was a multiple times where he used, you know, racial slurs and, you know, according to the findings, there wasn't much else really to look at. Now, something else that uh, came in that email to the media was a letter that was sent out that was from both Mark Harlan and Kyle Whittingham. They went into it about, you know, talking about what's going on in the country and with, you know, issues with racism and uh, injustice leading to, you know, important conversations, and but also to uphold the uh, standard of integrity and accountability um, and, that, and that's one of the things that uh, Mark Harlan is, is trying to uphold his coaching staff and student athletes too is the highest standards when it comes to this to this subject. And and then you end up going down and they're you know talking about right here in the letter where on a social media they, they were notified of, of a text message. We all know that social media account and that led to this whole thing with Morgan Scully. And then towards the bottom was when they they really announced that. And right here it says, therefore, we have determined Morgan Scally will re- remain in his position on the football staff because there were people who were wondering, was he going to get demoted? But that really isn't the case. But and then that, that leads to what he's going to be doing with the uh, University of Equity, Diversity and Inclusion team, along with his, his pay cut and his offer of being the head coach and waiting, being taken away. Right. I, I think what we do from here on out, Trev, um, as members of KSL Sports, uh, guys that follow Utah Athletics closely, um, I, I, and I think what the fan base is going to want to know, handful of things. Um, one, how did the playing group respond to um, – one thing we haven't touched on that's probably worth doing so is is Scally admitted to speaking to the team via a Zoom call uh, yesterday, Tuesday, June 30th uh, in the morning. Uh, where and again he didn't go into great detail but he apologized profusely um i imagine had some explaining to do i I don't know how much detail was involved but um and then following that following that zoom meeting the the playing leadership council met with mark harlan and coach winningham and they went over uh, the zoom meeting and where to go to from there following the player leadership council meeting with mark harlan and coach winningham coach winningham and mark harlan got together made the final decision. So it all unfolded yesterday, which was Tuesday, June 30th, the last day of June. Um, but there are a number of things going to be interested in. One, the player's reaction. Uh, two, uh, will there be anybody transferring because they brought him back? Three, will Morgan Scally be able to recruit at the same level he once was able to? Um, four, h- how has his coaching strategy, uh, game plan changed, evolved, developed, whatever you want to call it, following the investigation. Um, so there is a ton that, you know, what, what do his colleagues think? You know, what's the response going to, from, from his colleagues, people that he spends 10 hours a day with in meetings, in the lunchroom, in the break room, you know, out at lunch, on the recruiting trail. It's, it, you know, there's so much still to unpack, but, um you know, and, and whether or not, of course, Utah Athletics kind of gives us any insight into that is, is also to be determined. They like yeah. to keep the matters pretty private. But uh, but certainly the fans are going to have questions, and they're going to have questions for some time. But um, as of right now, Morgan Scully returns as, as defensive coordinator, and uh, he's got a big job on his hands, you know, and um, six – uh, Utah defenders in 2019 ended up getting drafted – in the recent NFL draft, that's six of seven, by the way, yeah. six, seven Utah players were on the defensive side. He lost, how many was it? He lost nine starters, Trev, yeah. of that 2019 defense, only two returning. 
Uh, that's Devon Lloyd and is it uh, Nick Tafua? And uh, and so, boy, is he gonna you know have his hands full trying to trying to replicate what he was able to do in twenty nineteen. Um, well, and not only that, Tom, something that you end up touching on was just how, how are the players going to react? And you've already talked about that, you know, Morgan Scally and, or that Kyle Whittingham and Mark Harlan met with the, the uh, leadership council, which is the guys who are who are on the, the team. This, they're not necessarily captains, although usually the captains are, are on this council. But it's what is it? How many how many players like 10 or 12 or something like that, isn't it? Yeah, it changes every year, but it's anywhere between 10 and 15 players. They uh, all met with uh, Harlan and, and Whittingham, but keep in mind, Tom, now that he's back, he's going to have to try and, you know, gain all the, the uh, trust back from his current players now, and you're doing this in the middle of a, a, a pandemic to where you're only meeting with guys on Zoom, and, you know, we all know that Zoom meetings and, you know, everything virtual isn't the same as meeting a person. You don't really know. You can't really tell feelings and you know kind of the vibe of the room if if you're on you know a zoom call so i think that that's going to be one of the big challenges for him and not only that his entire secondary is gone from last year and he has a lot to do with that secondary he and sharif shaw does and you know especially the the safeties which will have brand new starters as well so it's going to be a big challenge i mean it, it seems like all of this is tumbling down on morgan but I, I feel like that he's a guy who wants to take the opportunity to be able to tackle this challenge. Certainly. Look, the big question's been answered, Trev. Uh, there are still many questions unanswered. Uh, they will be over time. Um, it, the fan base, is, it's going to be interesting to see how their opinions differ um, because everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Uh, some are going to be all for it. Others are going to be against it. I imagine the majority are somewhere in the middle. Um but uh, hopefully, look, you know, we both love Utah football, Utah athletics. You know, I'm just hoping that they can move forward from this and, and uh, put it in their rearview mirror um, and, and, and not make, not have somebody make a similar mistake anytime soon or ever yeah. for that matter. You know, that, that language um, is, is unacceptable. Um, it should never be used. It should never have been used. And um, we're in the middle of a pandemic that there's a lot going on. Let's uh, just remember what's important and that's to stay healthy, look after your loved ones, uh, make good decisions um, and, and love everybody. Uh, because as my dad, as my dad would tell me growing up, everybody needs loving Tommy. So uh, <laughs> same thing in this case, uh, let's move forward and uh, continue to, to find answers. And there you go. That was Tom Hackett and myself on the KSL Sports front page. That'll do it for this edition of the Crimson Corner Podcast. Make sure you guys check out kslsports.com. You guys can follow me on Twitter, at Trevor A. Sports, or at KSL Sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, thanks for listening to the Crimson Corner Podcast, and it's always powered by kslsports.com. stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.